0: Who loves the book of Jonah? I mean, it's it so good. I mean, when I think about the book of Jonah or when I ask you about the book of Jonah, what's the first thing you think of? Big fish, whale. Well, how many days was you in the belly? Three days and three nights. Everybody hesitate on that one, but yeah, three days, three nights. I did a little Kahoot quiz with the students. I started doing it with y'all, but I thought, yeah, you all PTSD from high school, right? Did y'all use Kahoot in high school? Yeah, so I didn't force y'all to do that. But anyway, um, but it, there were some just trivia questions about the life of Jonah. And I'm going to be doing a four-week series with them. So tonight, you're only going to get chapter one. All right, so go ahead and turn to Jonah chapter one if you want to uh, towards the end of your Bible. What's the book before Jonah? What's the book after Jonah? Micah. Micah, good job, yeah. Micah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's my son's name too, so that's why. But yeah, Jonah chapter one. Um, and, and as I was studying through this and, I, and, and looking through it, I talked to one of my preacher friends this week, and he said, so what you doing? I said, I'm starting a, book a, a series on Jonah. And I said, uh, it's good stuff, man. He goes, you know what? I've been preaching for 12, 13 years. He's never preached in Jonah. I thought, man, who, I mean, I know that's what I thought. I said, Jonah's so good. It's so rich. It's so applicable to our everyday lives. That's why I love it, because I'm a, I'm a commoner. I don't, I, I'm not real theologi- theologically inclined. And, uh, so when I read the Bible, I want to know the basics. I want to know how I can live it out today. So Jonah, great book of the Bible. Um, but as I was studying it and reading through it, um, I, kept, I kept thinking to myself, Jonah, you're so dumb. I mean, come on, man. How dumb can you be? I mean, it, when you were thinking about Jonah, I mean, he, God comes to him and tells him to go. And he says, no, I'm going to a further, another place. And we're going to read the whole chapter in just a minute. But, you know, it's easy for us to look at the life of Jonah or or any of the other men, women in the Bible, and say, you're so dumb. Why would you not obey God? Why would you not do what God tells you to do? And and it's easy to point at other people's lives when they mess up or they do things they shouldn't do and go, man, how can you be that dumb? Why would you not obey God? Why would you not follow God? How about looking at our lives, right, and saying, God, how can I be that dumb? Why don't I honor God? Why don't I listen to God? Why don't I read his word more and dive into things of God more? Well, because sometimes we're dumb. Everybody say, I'm dumb. So my challenge tonight is for you, if you're taking notes, don't be dumb. Okay? Don't be dumb. Say it with me. Don't be dumb. I mean, don't be dumb. I mean, it's it's so, so easy to point fingers at other people, but we many times are dumb. So I told my wife I was doing a, this series and entitled Don't Be Dumb. So she said, hey, why don't you, why don't you give out dumb-dumbs? I almost made a big mess. So I'm going to throw out some dumb-dumbs. If you don't like them, that's okay. So have a, have a dumb-dumb. I watched the Museum this past week. You remember that big old statue saying, Dum Dum for Dum Dum? Right? So here's some Dum Dums. And everybody, if you don't like that flavor, just throw it to the next guy. So and maybe I won't put an eyeball. Anybody else up here once more? Come on. I got a lot of Dum Dums, y'all. Like, So we're going, there we go. I think I put an eyeball out on that one. I, want some? Here. Here. All right. Everybody good? I got more. We good? Back row. All right. I don't know if I can do that, David did you catch that? All right, Natalie, here you go. Oh, yeah, it went, okay. That was terrible for her anyway. All right, we're good. All right, so don't be dumb. Bubble gum and raspberry, blue raspberry. Really? All right. Oh, Rachel. All right, I give out handouts with my students and I didn't do that for y'all, so if I say the word, look at your handout, I'm used to saying that, so I'm sorry if I say that. Some of it will be on the screen uh, with the outline up there. So, um, you know, um, as, as we look at this first chapter and we read about this, this ignorance of Jonah and how dumb he can be, I want us to, to look at our lives and ask God to show us where in our lives we are just dumb and why we're ignorant and why we deny him and why we turn from him. Because you know what? Uh, we can, listen, we can fully surrender our lives to him every day. Do you believe it? You can. It's your choice. You know, we, we can run to Jesus and fall deeply in love with Jesus and his word every day. It's up to you. You can. And, and we can experience his power and his love and his affection and his, his intimacy like, like nothing else. But we choose to be dumb. We choose to, to, to live our lives how we want to live we, we choose to, to chase dreams that maybe not aren't God's dreams. We, chase, we choose to chase relationships. Right? Instead of choosing, choosing to chase the relationship with our, with our Heavenly Father too often. I have personally experienced what it's like to, to be dumb, to make some dumb, boneheaded decisions in my life. And, and inevitably, every time I look back and go, why, why? Why didn't I just honor God? Why didn't I just listen to God? Why didn't I just choose Him? So we're going to look at this first chapter. And by the way, the book of Jonah is not about Jonah. Who's it about? Thank you. Ding, 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 dum, dum, dum. God, okay? So as we're reading this, I want you to think about God and how he moves and who he is and and all those things, all right? So chapter one, here we go. Now, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of uh, Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish. By the way, Tarshish. Everybody say Tarshish. It's a weird word, Tarshish. To flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish away from the presence of the Lord. All right. So verse four says, but the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea and there was a mighty tempest on the sea so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid and each cried out to his God and they hurled the cargo that was on the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had laid down and had fallen fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, what are you doing, man? You sleeper, arise, get up, call to your God. Maybe the God will give a thought to us and that we may not perish. And they said to one another, come, let us cast lots that we may know of whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country and of what people are you? And he, Jonah, said to them, I'm a Hebrew and I'm, I fear the Lord, the God of the heaven who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, what is this that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them so. Then they said to him, what shall we do with you that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. And he said to them, pick me up and hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rowed hard to get back to the dry land, but they could not, for the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them. Therefore, they called out to the Lord. They, the pagan sailors, okay, they called out to the Lord. Oh, Lord, let us not perish for this man's life and, and lay not on us innocent blood. For you, O oh Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a great sacrifice sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. And in verse 17, of course, the part that everybody knows. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Amen. So, everyone say with me, don't be dumb. That was a lot of reading. My mouth's really dry. Everybody turn to the person beside you and say, don't be dumb. To the other side, don't be dumb. Don't be dumb. Don't be like Jonah. Don't be dumb and start your semester off in sin. Don't be dumb. And listen, I, you know, by the way, I always say this first this semester, start off strong and study. And please, just a little side note. Hit the books hard. Because if you hit them weak in the very beginning of the semester, it's gonna be a lot harder to catch up. So just hit it hard, all right? So get after it, man. Don't be dumb. And then with your spiritual life, run to the things of God. Get in the word, man, before you start your day. This is not even my message, but, but get in the word, get on your knees, get in prayer, seek the face of God before you start your day, okay? No, that was, I don't charge you for that. So number one on your notes there, don't be dumb. You're writing that down. Um, I love how the book starts off because the first beginning of this chapter, of this book says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah. God speaks. God speaks. Do you believe God speaks? Absolutely. God speaks. And many times I thought, well, if God came to me and said, Matt, go to Decatur and or go to the, the fifth house on the right with red brick and knock on the door, whatever. I would do it, right? I mean, hello, wouldn't you? But doesn't God give you his word here? Doesn't God tell you to do things and to live out of the life and we choose to be dumb? So we can't judge Jonah necessarily, but God came to him and God speaks. And not only does God speak, but God directs. He gives clarity. He says, arise and go to Nineveh, a specific place, a specific city, and call out against them for their evil has come up before me. Now, these were Assyrians. They weren't Jews. They weren't Israelites, the Ninevites. And at this time in history, the Israelites were enjoying some, some peace and prosperity, and there wasn't any major battles. There wasn't any captivity going on. But they didn't like the Assyrians. Uh, they, didn't, they didn't jive with the Assyrians. They were, in future, would, would, would take over part of the Israelites. But, 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 but why didn't Jonah just go? Why didn't he just go? And it doesn't really say, does it? It doesn't say in there, well, because Jonah didn't like to, I don't know, Travel that far, Jonah didn't, whatever. No, it doesn't say here, but it does say in chapter four that the reason Jonah didn't go to Nineveh is because he didn't want them to receive the mercy and the grace of God. He just says it in chapter four. And as I'm reading, I'm like, why? That is so selfish. That is so sad that that a prophet, a man of God, was so uh, selfish that he didn't want other people, other uh, ethnicities and other people groups to know the forgiveness and the restoration and the healing that he would received from God. Just so sad that he had forgotten that God loves all. God wants all to come to repentance and faith, the Bible says in in scriptures. But see, uh, Jonah was dumb and he just disobeyed. He just said, you know what? No, I'm not doing it, God. I'm going to be dumb. I'm not doing it. I'm leaving. I'm going to flee from your presence. Jonah was a prophet. So he knew, he well knew Psalm 139 because David said it in Psalm 139, verse 7. He says, where shall I go from your spirit or where shall I flee from your presence? If I send to heaven, you're there. If I send and make my bed in the Sheol, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. Jonah knew that scripture. But he chose to flee from the presence of God. He chose to ignore the command of God, the direction of God. He ran. By the way, running from God's calling is just dumb. Running from God's calling on your life is dumb. I, I've experienced it in my personal life when God called me to. To, to, to the ministry, I said, no, heck no, I ain't doing it. I didn't want to do it. I was, I just ain't going to do it. Mm-mm. My dad's a preacher. And I'm like, that's, I've seen the damage of preaching. No. My, so I ran for, from the time I was 19 to about 23. And um, I remember being in a, a youth conference in Nashville, Tennessee. Acquire the fire was the name of it. And um, I'm in this conference, like five, 6,000 students. And God just says, not audibly like this, but I felt it. An overwhelming calling of God I said, you minister to these people. You, you make disciples of teenagers. I'm calling you to share my love with these, this pe- these people group. And I didn't do it. For three years, I ran from God. Miserable trying to do anything else, but God's calling on your life. Don't run from God's calling. Now, does God call all of us to be preachers? No. Right? But God calls all of us to share our faith. God calls all of us to, to love people, to serve people, to, to shine the light of Jesus to people. Amen? I said amen? amen. So God's call- don't run from God's calling. It's dumb. Running from God's presence is dumb. Jonah knew that. We know that. Why would you run from the presence of God? Well, Jonah was in sin. You ever been neck deep in sin? It's not fun. If you're born again Christian, that's a bad place to be. It's a bad place to feel, and it's just ugly. You feel that? You have no joy. You have no peace until you lay it at the foot of the cross and say, God, forgive me. I'm so sorry. I, I, I've chosen that over you. And the healing and the restoration and the forgiveness and the peace that comes from it. Right? So when you're, when you're in sin like Jonah... You run from the presence of God. You run from the the calling of God. It's just dumb, but we do it too often in our lives. So listen to me. It's dumb to run from God. Amen? So number two, not only I encourage you to don't be dumb, but I encourage you don't be dumb because God always wins. God always wins. Hello? Right? Why fight God? Why run from God? Why deny God? Why disobey God? Because God always wins. You're going to lose. So surrender. Succumb. Give in. God always wins. And, and, and in his next verses from verse 4 through 16, this interaction between uh, a follower of God, Jonah, and these pagan men from, from Joppa, okay, these, these sailors, is kind of cool because through this um, dialogue, through this relationship, God shows some great things about who he is, his character. And I want to point these out to you, okay? Um, so in these verses, first we see God shows his sovereignty, I'm going to give you four things here. God shows his sovereignty. What is sovereignty? What is sovereignty? Write this down. His power, wisdom, and authority to do anything he chooses. That's what sovereignty is. His power, wisdom, and authority to do anything he chooses. Sovereignty. In this passage here, we see God showing his sovereignty. Sovereignty. He's like, okay, Jonah, you're going to run from me? You're going to try to hide from me? You're going to jump on a boat? Like, I didn't make the tree that that was cut down to fashion that boat together. Like, I didn't create the the ocean that that the boat's going in. Like, I can't handle that. You can't run from me. Come on, Jonah. But he tries it anyway. And so God hurls a great wind upon the sea and a mighty tempest in the sea. And and the ship threatens to break up, the scripture says in verse 4. And there, what's Jonah doing? Y'all remember? What's he doing? Sawing logs, right? In the bottom of the boat, trying to get as far away as he can from the presence of God. And it's just crazy to me when I'm reading through this that a pagan captain has to come down there to a follower of God, a prophet of God, and say, hey, man, pray. Come on, man. Why aren't you praying? We're about to die up here. Pray, right? I just think it's kind of ironic. And sometimes God will use the lost world around us or a pandemic or a a failure of a college class to open our eyes to to pray, to seek the face of God, to get right with God, to, to, to repent of our sin. God uses captain to show his sovereignty um, in their lives God used the sea to show his sovereignty and next we see God shows his mercy God shows his mercy what is mercy this is a quick definition of mercy it's, it's an amazing word but quick definition of mercy is not getting what we do deserve mercy is not getting what we do deserve because we deserve hell right Every one of us in here are sinners. Raise your hand if you're a sinner, right? And all of a sudden fall short of the glory of God. And, and because of our sin, we deserve hell, so God giving us mercy is, not, is getting what we don't deserve, okay? I'm sorry, not getting what we do deserve. Got this mixed because I'm going to find grace in just a minute, that's opposite. Okay, so mercy is not getting, uh, or when we don't get what we do deserve. God could have just sank the ship, right? He could have just gone, and all of them perished. He didn't. He extended his mercy. That's, that's the mercy of God. Um, and and, and once these sailors figured out that it was Jonah and they cast lots, by the way, it's kind of like rolling a dice, you know, or short sticks, short straws, and and throughout the Bible, casting lots, God used that to to, uh, pinpoint certain people in situations and directions, and so it's not unbiblical, it's not a Ouija board, all right, so it's it's okay to to cast lots in the Bible, okay? So they did that, and it pointed to Jonah, and once they figured that out, they, they threw him overboard, right? And what could have God done? He could have said, okay, great white, come here and just... Just gnaw Jonah to death. Tear his limbs off. Rip him apart. That, he deserved that. But through his mercy, he allowed him to be swallowed by a whale for three and a half days. Three days and three nights. Because God is a merciful God. Everybody say mercy. So we see God shows his sovereignty. God shows his mercy. God shows his grace. What is grace? What is grace? When we get what we don't deserve. Mercy is not getting what we do deserve hell. Grace is getting what we don't deserve. Forgiveness, love, healing, hope, peace, all those things that God gives us through Jesus Christ. God, in this passage here, we see God showing his grace when we get what we don't deserve. God didn't have to, because, but by his grace and love, he, he slapped a great fish on the tail. Hey, go get that guy. Just keep him for a couple days, all right? That's grace, okay? Getting what we don't deserve. Jonah deserved to fall straight to the bottom and drown, but he got... Swallowed up by a whale. Uh, and then also he stopped the storm. And, and that's, he saved the lives of the mariners and these sailors. He could have said, okay, y'all perished. Jonah was the guy I really wanted to teach a lesson to. So y'all, no, but he extended grace. And as soon as Jonah, I mean, I don't know. Has anybody ever been on, out in the major ocean during a storm? I'd be kind of shocked if anybody had been. Anybody? You have really? That's kind of cool. I never have. I've, I've been deep sea fishing like twice in my life. Um, I didn't mean to point you out. But, um, but up to me, I'm, I don't mind water. I like water, but I'd be freaking out if I'm on a boat, even as a sailor and the things rocking and rolling and up and down and, and waves crashing. But even more freaking out when we toss this cat over the bo- overboard and go, I mean, that's just God showing grace to these pagan, ungodly, non, non-followers of God um, and, and showing his hand of mercy there and grace. So God shows his sovereignty. God shows his mercy. God shows his grace. And lastly, God shows his faithfulness. God shows his faithfulness. And faithfulness is another hard word to define. But basically, uh, for our, for our means tonight, he keeps his promises. He is faithful. He does what he says he's going to do. He keeps his promises. And, and so despite Jonah's disobedience and ignorance and complete rebellion, he said, no, I ain't doing it. I'm running. I ain't doing it. No, God, I'm, I'm going in the opposite direction. By the way, uh, Tarshish was about... 2,000 miles from Joppa, okay? He's, like, I'm going to go in the furthest part of the Mediterranean Sea. I, don't, I ain't going near Nineveh, okay? But despite his disobedience, God showed himself to these pagan sailors. God showed that, that he is God, and he judges sin. Because, you know, when they found out that Jonah was the man, you know, the man that for the reason they were having this tempest, or tempestuous, I love that word. Everybody say tempestuous. That's a cool word, tempestuous. Just rolls off your tongue. Um. When they found out it was him, they threw him overboard. You know, that, that was a, holy cow, this guy is for real. And this guy just died. Did they know he was going to be swallowed by a, a fish? No. They thought they just murdered this cat. They thought he's gone. Now, by the way, when I'm reading this, I'm like, why didn't Jonah just say, hey, um, it's my fault, guys. I'm, I'm running from God. So y'all, y'all be good. And he just jumps off in, in the water, in the, in the column. He didn't, why? Because did, he, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, that'd have been an easy way out. But also God used it in these sailors' lives, to show them that God punishes sin. And because what they pray, they say, God, forgive us. Don't hold this against us because we're just doing what this guy says. We're throwing overboard. But God showed his faithfulness because his promises are true, and God judges sin. You hear me? God takes sin serious. You can't be a born-again Christian and continue to live in habitual, continual sin. Do you hear me say that? It should put fear in you if you're a born-again Christian and you choose sin over and over and over and over again. Because God's not gonna allow it to take place and continue like that. It scares me because I have friends and family members that they're choosing sin on a continual basis and they know God. They know they've surrendered their life to Jesus, but they're walking in a lifestyle of sin. And it scares me. And I pray for them. God, keep showing your mercy. Keep extending your, your love to them. Because there's gonna be a time when God's gonna say, okay, I'm done. You can't continually live in sin because God takes sin serious like he, does with, like he did in Jonah's life. So they experienced not only his, his forgiveness, you know, because they prayed and asked God to forgive them for what they're doing, but they experienced the hand of God as the sea ceased from raging. Wow. Powerful illustration, powerful visual. Listen, God wants you, students at UNA, Northwest Shoals, wherever you're going to school, He, he wants to use you to reach your 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 influence, your group of influence. Do you believe that? God wants to empower you, whether it's in the dorm, your sorority, your, your class, your lab, your team, your inner, whatever. God wants to use you to expose other people to his, his crazy love for them. And, and even though Jonah was ignorant and disobeyed and ran and rebelled and, and, and said, no, God still used him. And, and I think back in my life and the times that I've been a knucklehead dumb butt, right? Dumb, dumb whatever. God still used my life. God still used um, um, other people in my life to show me his grace and his faithfulness and his mercy and his sovereignty. Just like he did with these people, these these sailors that were far from God. God wants to use you to reach people um, for for the cause of Christ. Because guess what? God always wins. Say it. God always wins. His will will be done. Regardless if you want to listen, regardless if you want to obey, regardless if you want to follow, God always wins. So listen, so what do you do with this? Don't be dumb. Don't be dumb. Can I just challenge you? It's beginning of the semester like Natalie was saying, um, run full throttle. Yes, for your, your classes and yes, your study and habits, that's good. But run full throttle to the things of God. Will you please do that? Will you please not run to sin? Don't run to sin and run to Jesus? Can I, can I beg that of you? You know, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, <clears throat> Therefore, since we are surrounded by such great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin. Stop sinning. Lay it down. Cause, and don't cling so closely to that, but let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder <clears throat> and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Listen, run to Jesus. Don't run to sin. I've heard this, I don't know, 10, I don't know, a long time ago, from Adrian Rogers. Y'all know who Adrian Rogers is? He's dead, he's in heaven. But a man of God preached the word in Bellevue Baptist in Memphis, Tennessee. He said this Sin will take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. Always. Don't do it. Don't run to sin. Don't give in to sin. Run to Jesus. And secondly, Run from the world. Not only run from sin, but run from the things of the world. The world wants to say, college student, live like this. College student, be like this. Dress like this. Talk like this. Listen to this music. Watch this movie. Uh, follow this person and, and hash, whatever. But if God doesn't honor that, God doesn't choose, don't do it. Don't run from the world and run to Jesus. Can I hear it, amen? Be a leader in your in your. Uh, group of influence. Be a leader in your lab. Be a leader. When, when your friends are all wanting to go get sloppy drunk, or they want to talk about their weekend of relationships and junk, walk away. You don't have to point finger and say, you're going to hell, whatever. Don't, I'm going to say do that. But, but, but be an example. Say, you know what, I'm going to be part of that. I'm going to go in this direction. I'm going to follow God because this morning in my quiet time, God told me to abstain from evil. God told me to run. From, from, I read the story of Joseph when When Potiphar's wife was trying to rape him, he said, no, I'm leaving. And she pulled his jacket off and he was accused of raping her. But he said, no, I'm running the opposite direction. You know what? Because this morning I was reading that in my Bible. Be a a follower of God that lives out your faith. Don't conform to the things of the world. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. Raise your hand if you want to know what the will of God is for your life. The rest of y'all are lying or you just really don't care what the will of God is I'm just kidding do you want to know what the will of God is don't conform to the world but be transformed by the renew of your mind then you'll be able to test and prove what the will of God is good pleasing perfect will renew your mind every day and God will give you this is my will for today start today this morning tomorrow morning get up say this is your day Lord this is the day that you have made let's rejoice and be glad in it I'm gonna serve you and give my life to you I'm gonna be tempted and I might fail but you're with me you never leave me your 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 hands with me you guide me you protect me Stay in the word, memorize the word, run from the world and run to Jesus. Don't be dumb, say it. Run to Jesus, run to Jesus. Hey, this is Trey Mitchell, college and young adult pastor. I just wanted to say thank you for listening. It's our prayer that God uses these messages in a way that challenge and encourage you to live for his glory. If you've never placed your faith in Jesus as your savior, we would love to help you with making that decision just reach out to us through our webpage at underwoodbaptist.org. Be sure to check back in with us next week as we again encounter God through His Word here at Life.